I'm Dr. Fiona Lovely, and this is the Not Your Mother's Menopause podcast. I'm taking the taboos of menopause and perimenopause and bringing light to the dark. No bullshit, no shame. It's time for us to gain a new paradigm in female health, out with the old and in with the new, and I'm bringing fresh perspectives from someone in the arena. I've been practicing women's health for nearly 20 years, and I'm spilling the tea and what it means to live at midlife, knowing that the best is yet to come. I'm sharing my Gen X approach to living through this transition, sassy, a bit sweary, and always honest. Tactical tips and instantly usable information is my aim. I hope to make you laugh and that you learn something new that helps you embrace the change. Together, we bring power to the Perry. Onward to the podcast. Hello, hello, ladies. Dr. Fiona Lovely here, and welcome to episode 100 of the Not Your Mother's Menopause podcast. Woo! <laughs> it's, uh, it's quite something to think about the last uh, 99 episodes and um, to think about the process of starting the podcast. Back in 2016, I started it, and at the time, I'd never listened to a single podcast. I had a general idea of what it was, and I think I was probably had recorded five or six episodes myself before I ever listened to anybody else's podcast. (laughs) And now it seems like every man and their dog has a podcast, doesn't it? Anyways, um, 100 episodes, a million plus downloads, a lot of fans, a very, very grateful me to all of you who've taken the time to listen to the stories I have to share about women in perimenopause and menopause. And my heart is so grateful with love for all of you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And uh, I have some thoughts today uh, about, you know, what it's been like to record these last episodes, what I've learned, certainly my own learning of what it means to be a practitioner of midlife medicine for women um, has been. It's it's been quite the journey. So I have a freshly brewed, super icy cold AG1 here in front of me that I'm going to be sipping while we're talking. And, um, you know, I just want you to enjoy yourself today. There's nothing deep. It's all sort of an observational uh, viewpoint of, of uh, I should say, an overview, high overview of the things I've learned. So before I get too deep into it, let's take a moment to hear from our sponsor. I would like to acknowledge our sponsor, Athletic Greens, which is now called AG1. This is a vitamin, mineral, and probiotic greens drink. It helps me boost my energy and gives me the nutrients I need in case I don't get what I want and need in my diet for the day. It tastes great. 
and it has mushrooms and digestive enzymes and adaptogens for adrenal health. I take it once a day. It's truly an all-in-one supplement. If you would like to try AG, please visit athleticgreens.com slash Fiona Lovely, and they'll send you a year's supply of liquid vitamin D3 with K2 and five free travel packs, which come in mighty handy for getting your AG on the go. Thanks, Athletic Greens, for sponsoring the Not Your Mother's Menopause podcast. So one of the things I'm most proud of is in celebrating the 100 episodes of Not Your Mother's Menopause podcast is the body literacy that this podcast and others have encouraged for women. Because I know that when women get educated and smart, especially about our bodies, about our brains, about our experiences, we can advocate for ourselves better. And when we can do that and we get well, we can help advocate for others. And I realize that might be a stretch for you for you where you're standing now, but I believe it to be true that when I help women become more healthy, I get healthier myself, and that women will pass it along the line. So it's like a community healing, if you will. The same goes for you. So as you get healthier, as you learn about your body more, the more you will be able to help yourself and others. We also celebrate today science literacy. I mean, come on. I've always thought science was really sexy, and I know that many of you feel the same way, as you've told me over the years, um, explaining why something is, is not working the way you expect it to or why it does work a certain way has always been really, really important to me for understanding. And when I recorded, when I was thinking about recording the first episodes, that's really what I wanted to do was share my approach to patient care, which is this is why things happen in the body because human anatomy and physiology is so cool. (laughs) And I am a proper dork about this. Like, I just think science is amazing. So um, we celebrate the science literacy that the Not Your Mother's Menopause podcast has brought forward. And we also celebrate that research is turning towards women. And we are finally being included. We get to sharpen the point of health and interventional success. Because the truth is, we're not just small men. And for the last several decades, our Everything in the medical world has been based on research that's been done on men. So yes, even the dosing of your medications has been done based on dosage charts from research done on men. So um, that's changing, uh, which is great. It's about damn time. The truth is we're not just small men. We have our own physiology, psychology, anatomy, neurology, and others. And with science marching forward, the landscape of women's health at midlife is changing, and it's moving in the right direction. We are becoming far more aware of what happens to our bodies. And again, it's a normal, natural process, so it is not something that needs to be um, medicalized. Menopause is natural. We are actually privileged to experience menopause because not all that long ago, we just didn't live that long. Now we get to live through it 
and we get to work on what it means to have longevity, to have health span, which is to have the life span without any sort of diagnoses, diseases, and disorders. We get to work on that next. That's what's coming after this menopause thing, right? It's really exciting because it wasn't really available to our parents or our grandparents. It's available to us. It's available to our children and our nieces and our others, the other loved ones we have in our lives. We get to share all of this. So, Everything in the landscape, women's health at midlife is changing. It's marching in the right direction. And no longer is the age of 50 old or 60 for that matter. You know, when I was a kid, the Golden Girls were considered elderly. Well, listen, Blanche Devereaux's character was in her 50s. Give me a break. (laughs) Have you looked at what a 50-year-old woman looks like these days? It's not like that at all. So we have really got to change our mindset to catch up with how our physical bodies are changing there too. So something else I've learned in the last 99 episodes is that we're no longer afraid of hormone replacement therapy. Now, if you just had a uh, a brain reaction that made you go, oh my God, breast cancer, S- stay with me. There's a lot to learn on this subject. And the The evidence and the research is changing and building all the time. So first of all, here's what we know. We know taking hormones is safe, that some research done in the past has shown that certain kinds of hormones increase the breast cancer, stroke, and heart attack risk. Now, there's a lot of factors in that. So whoever is prescribing for you is someone that needs to know what they're doing. So... Taking hormones is safe. It protects our brain, our bones, and our heart. It protects us from osteoporosis. It protects us from cardiovascular disease and brain degeneration, which is often times, turns out, thanks to some beautiful research, switched on for some women that have the susceptible genetics at midlife. So, We get to choose to protect ourselves. Now, here's something really important. We don't wait until we stop bleeding in order to start considering whether or not we should be taking hormones. Now, I'm talking uh, um, bioidenticals for sure, um, but I know there's a lot of information out there that can make this really confusing, so I'm trying to make this as simple as possible. But key information for you to take to your provider These are things that are non-negotiables as far as I'm concerned, as someone who's looked at the research. Test hormone levels first and often every three to six months to make sure you're getting the right amount because it's very easy to get too much and it's also easy to get too little. You've got to get right to that zone. Never oral estrogen. That's a pill of estrogen. Never. I can't think of a single reason that that is okay to take. So if there is a good reason out there, somebody let me know, please. So that's the increased stroke and heart disease factor is the oral estrogen. Now you can take the estrogen, which is typically estradiol, as a patch or a cream. Then it does not have the same clotting factor risk. Okay, so I'm I'm not saying don't take estrogen. I'm saying you take it in a certain way. And always... Always, always 
bioidentical or body identical progesterone. It is available by prescription. It can be compounded. It does not need to be expensive. No, you do not need to have pellets, although the pellets are fine if that's what you want to do. The synthetic progesterone, which is called progestin, is likely what caused the increase in breast cancer risk. If your doctor is not aware of those things that I just said, then you might want to find somebody who can help you or even ask your doctor if they have a colleague that is um, more completely informed about um, the integrative medicine side of things that will be able to prescribe those things for you. Okay, I kind of slowed it down there because those are some really important points. But um, what we're seeing now is that we don't want to wait until we've our periods are gone to consider whether or not we need hormones. If we keep the hormone levels at a certain sort of even level rather than the drops that happen at, at perimenopause, you can potentially avoid some of the symptoms that come along with uh, perimenopause, or potentially all of them, and you get that lifelong protection of bones brain, and heart. Have I sold you yet? I never thought I'd be saying that, but here we are. Again, science marches forward, and we all have the right to change our minds. Who knows? Maybe episode 200 would be, you'd be crazy to take hormones. <laughs> but what we know right now is what I just shared with you. It is very safe. So despite what some uh, misinterpreted research has shown us in the past. Okay, next point. I want to say perimenopause is being recognized earlier in women. And this is a very good thing because I think a lot of us suffered with symptoms in our 30s that no one, not us, not our healthcare providers, not our families, not our loved ones, recognized were symptoms of perimenopause. So if you are in your 30s, and you're experiencing something out of the ordinary for you, chances are perimenopause is involved. Now, again, I want to say menopause is not a condition, neither is perimenopause. It doesn't need medicalization, but it needs understanding and support. It is a natural and healthy part of a woman's life. Now, perimenopause typically is between the ages of 35 and 55, and it's typically 10 years duration. Now, in the early phases, it's quieter, and it's not typically the kinds of things that we associate with menopause, which we tend to think of menopause as a bleeding-related thing. But the period-related symptoms of perimenopause are typically the, the loud ones anyways, you know, the heavy bleeding, the clotting, the skipping periods, the longer periods. That stuff doesn't usually happen until we're close to the menopause transition itself. Okay, so if you hear this and you recognize some symptoms in a younger woman that you know, someone in your life, tell them. Tell the younger gals what's, what to expect. You don't need to scare them. Tell them to manage their stress, to get their diet uh, handled, to make sure they're doing movement every day or several times a week that they love. They haven't yet been prepared, just like we weren't prepared. But our generation, Gen X, we're the ones that are going, oh, is that what that was? You mean the fact that I felt like shit when I was in my late 30s was related to perimenopause? Uh, yeah. 
The fact that you weren't sleeping well, the fact that you were irritable or anxious or depressed. Yes, fatigued. Yes, likely related to perimenopause. So tell the others. Now, one of my favorite parts of the last, I should say now, 100 episodes has been interviewing other experts. And I started doing this somewhere in the 60s and um, uh, brought in uh, Dr. Teresa Irwin, otherwise known as the vaginacologist, to come and speak with me on the podcast. I had no idea what I was doing, so please excuse my interviewing skills at that point. (laughs) Hopefully they've gotten better. Um, Most of the time, I'm just so in awe of the women I'm talking to and their expertise that I'm, you know, just as much of an audience member as anybody else. So um, I've learned a lot from these women. I'm so grateful that they shared their time with me on the podcast, and I hope you've enjoyed listening to them. I think it's always fascinating to hear two people have a conversation, especially if it's a subject that you're interested in, and uh, hopefully I'm bringing you good content. And as always, if you can think of someone that you would like me to interview, please let me know. You can drop me a DM on Facebook or Instagram. So go listen to their interviews again read their books, support them, follow them on social media. Because as I said before, when we are healthy, the other women in our community are healthy, healthier too. We need each other. We heal each other. So support, support, support. And the last thing I want to talk about today is something that uh, I will be developing further As uh, more episodes come out, um, I have a course offering on this very subject, as well as I'm developing it in a book right now. So, okay, so that's what's coming. That's what's coming and exciting. Um, Menopause is a brain-based phenomenon. Menopause is a brain-based phenomenon. As I said just a few moments ago, we tend to think of it as something related to our pelvic organs. But we're starting to understand the egress and the fluctuations of the sex hormones and the other hormones at midlife as a far larger phenomenon that's a natural part of a woman's life. So as we learn more about how the brain is involved, we can take care of our brains better. Now, what do I mean by a brain-based phenomenon? So two things. Basically, our psychology and our neurophysiology. So the neurophysiology is the metabolic changes at midlife that have to do with those hormonal changes that I just spoke of. And the psychology is more our programming, our beliefs about what we think um, getting more experienced in this life is all about. And that's a really important thing to think about. So um, The declining hormone levels act as a switch for some health challenges, for example, dementia and Alzheimer's, and that's for women that have a susceptibility in their genetics, which is very, very common. Um, We know that estrogen and progesterone have vast effects on the brain metabolism and neural connections or neural networks, so optimizing those hormones, keeping them in a level that keeps you asymptomatic and feeling good. It's really important. And it means that for the most part, no more senior moments or accepting senility 
as we age. We have options. Our mothers didn't have options. Our grandmothers didn't have options. We have options. And my goodness, I'm going to take advantage of all those for myself. And as I learn on my own health journey, as I fiddle my way through perimenopause, you guys know I'll be sharing it with you. So it has been a wildly fun ride for me to record these episodes for you. And I will continue to do so as long as there are things to say, I'll be saying them. I am so deeply grateful to every single one of you for listening, to everyone who has sent me an email, who has sent me a message, or who has shared the podcast. I know there's a lot of you that share the podcast, so I thank you so deeply for that. Again, when we are healthy, the other women in our community are healthier too, so pass it on. When you see the younger ones, tell them what to expect. Don't scare them. Because I know that's what we tend to do. But just prepare them as best that you can. And thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for listening. I know there's quite a few of you that have been with me right from the start. And I'm so grateful. And I love you. And until next time, episode 101, what's coming next? Take care of yourself and take care of each other. The views and nutritional advice expressed by Dr. Fiona Lovely are not intended to be a substitute for conventional medical service. If you have or suspect that you have a medical problem, promptly contact your health care provider. No information offered here should be interpreted as a diagnosis of any disease, nor an attempt to treat or prevent or cure any disease or condition. As with any new advice or program, you should always contact your healthcare provider prior to starting anything new. Thank you.